0: Hey, it's KCG. I'm Hayashi. And I'm Vince the Alien. We're three creative souls who love music.
1: Especially when it's paired with wine.
0: And this is... Back That That Glass Glass Up. Up. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Back That Glass Up. This is episode... Eight? Or seven? Eight. Eight. (laughs) (laughs) This is episode eight? I don't know what time or day or year or month or universe we're in right now um but <laughs> welcome back we are excited to be here and we've got a really great album today and since it's hayashi's week our hi ashley, what did i say last week
2: <laughs> hi ashley, hi ashley.
0: <laughs> since this is hayashi's week i'm gonna let him tell you guys what album we are going to be reviewing today
2: hi everybody it's me uh, <laughs> just in case you forgot <laughs> this week we are reviewing Julian Baker's Little Oblivions Woohoo. came out in 2021 2021 baby
0: <laughs> yeah. I forgot like wait was that years ago or is that no. now
2: <laughs> yeah where again what time is it where are we what year
1: I'm just here I'm honestly just here so I don't get fined
2: at this time <laughs> but uh speaking
0: of uh coming out in 2021 we wanted to talk about Lil Nas X look at that transition y'all coming out in 2021 (laughs) (laughs) as some of you probably know because the video has like 27 million viewers by now I think it came out this morning Mm -hmm. um uh Lil Nas X dropped Montero call me by your name and it is an interesting video. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Lil Nas X because honestly, I appreciate the fact that he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Y'all had me in these cowboy boots and this cowboy hat. Now I'm about to wear some thigh-high boots mm-hmm. and a red uh, red Nicki Minaj braid wig. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Lil Nas X, seriously.
1: Yeah, and I like how he literally told everybody to suck his dick today. Like, he was like, I'm literally pushing <laughs> the boundaries and y'all are just gonna stay mad I don't get. The he literally, like, let me pull up the tweet. He said, <laughs> oh yes, it was so good, I was just so proud of him. He literally said, I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the shit y'all preached would happen to me because I was gay. So I hope you are mad, stay mad, feel the same anger you teach us to have towards ourselves mm. and suck my dick. Oh. Just getting out of that.
2: Purr. Did you say <laughs> I just learned per? that. Purr. The kids are saying that. It's short for yep. period. Oh.
1: It comes from Rolling Dang. Ray. Ooh. And if you don't know who Rolling <laughs> Ray is, you really need to look him up, please. And then report back I, to uh, me with notes. Okay.
0: Step up my game. <laughs> I will do that because uh, <clears throat> I might look him up during the break because I have no idea who that is. Uh. Um, I thought you meant per like per my last email (laughs) suck my dick signed Little (laughs)
1: Listen,
0: you could
2: say that
1: if I have to go to hell luckily I don't that's how I want to go down a stripper pole with a red (laughs) wig
2: look listen
0: I mean I don't want to go to hell either you know but but I'll take the wig and I want them to play Mm -hmm. I will take them curly baby hair wig uh, braid. All and I want them to play Poured mm. Up by
1: Rihanna while it happens. Yes. Oh, shit. I have
2: an unpopular opinion about this music Uh-oh. video. Talk to me. Although although I love what it stands for and what he's doing mm-hmm. for the young the youngsters, the teeny boppers, <laughs> the communities, all of the above, I'm here for that, but first of first, I thought he was gonna land in hell in a split. Like that was a missed opportunity.
0: Such a missed opportunity. I was thinking the same thing. I would have loved it if he just busted that
2: ass. Okay.
0: Wide open in a split.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he have been throwing it back. And
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that throwing it back leads me to the second note I have for him, which is when he's like giving, you know, say in a lap dance, I'm like, why aren't you doing more? like mm. he's in like a few positions and i know he could bust that in a burkle mm-hmm. so why are you just like <sighs> in a push-up plank position like do more and lastly i just wish and i know that they have it in them because they are performers acting mm-hmm. can you mm. act mm. i i I just felt like that was so flat and it could, this music video could have been like Missy Elliott status. Like, no, yeah, that's Missy real. gives you so much and it was just him, although the visuals were amazing, he was just like a little lackluster in that department and it kind of bothered me. I
1: actually really agree with you. I think there are definitely <laughs>
0: some missed opportunities with the acting and the busting it down. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciate that kind of like, my face is forward and my ass is back split that he was doing. Yeah. That <laughs> was really good. But no, <laughs> I agree with you. It would have been like, like if it was like fully committed, like some Beyonce partition.
1: Yes.
2: Like, oh my God. yeah. Ooh. yes. Cause, I mean, he went, if you're going to go there, go there. Yeah. Go there, if go you're going to be way. a
1: hoe, be a hoe. You got like, come on now. Like, scared money does not make no money. Like, let's let's do this. And I also agree with you. I've said before, I think artists need to really start taking acting classes. Because that helps you perform. It helps you open up. It definitely helps you, like, kind of, like, you know, play the part. And I think, too, he's so focused right now on shock value that he's not really seeing the opportunities, like you said, where he could, like, create a special type of art.
2: So the yeah. the the scene when everybody was blue and he was in the pink outfit they should have put real chains and like had real people on the ends like actually moving his body and it would have looked so much more authentic instead of like I don't know I
1: just feel so torn <laughs> about it yeah i hate that wig i just want to say like i love which one the pink one the, the i pink? love grease but remember when Frenchie came back from beauty school and she um, dyed her hair pink? <laughs> That's what yes. he was like. And I yeah.
2: hate it. Yes. It was, it was also very Hunger Games. It yeah. was very Hunger Games. I think that was probably my
0: least favorite look. I think my favorite look was for sure the red braids. Yes. But I also mm-hmm. really liked the... Um, The Chris Tucker Fifth Element, like, denim on denim look. Like, that was a really dope look. That was cool. But I gotta give it up to Lil Nas X. I think what he's doing is smart because he came in with Old Town Road, Mm -hmm. which was such a huge song. And I think he could have easily just became, like, a one hit wonder Like, Mm -hmm. that song could have been his only song, but I think he was smart to start to embrace and really showcase like the true person that he is and kind of really take his authenticity creative-wise because he definitely has a say in his creativity. And I also appreciate that he don't take himself very seriously. Like he does as an artist, but I like the fact that he's like poking fun and like having a good time. And and, and I know you mentioned the thing about acting in the video, Mike, but I think what made the video kind of work is there's this kind of like tongue-in-cheek. Like he's very just kind of like, just really cheeky and kind of like I'm having fun with this and I'm smiling through it like Casey said like yo per yeah. my last email suck yeah. my dick love little Nas like, like he's just kind of like I don't care how y'all feel like <laughs> this is this is what the fuck I, I want to do I think it's such a
1: healthy thing to have for him too because like he said he probably was bullied for a long time and he grew up in internet and meme culture so he knows how to like kind of mm-hmm. navigate that that's why like he's posted like the best memes onto his account and I think also that helped him with his longevity where he was like I'm just gonna make these little shock valuey things that people are gonna pick up on and want to participate in so I mean even remember um mm-hmm. somebody some rapper had come out and was like who gives a fuck about Old Town Road it's so played now and he's like my album's gonna be called Old Town Road there's gonna be 10 tracks Old Town Road Old Town Road the, re- the remix Old Town Road the three times <laughs> remix featuring Nicki Minaj featuring Drake, Old Town Road with BTS. Like, yeah. it's just He doesn't care and I love it. And I also just love he's not scared. Like all of these rappers like are so concerned with him and what he's doing and he's like, I don't give a fuck about you mm-hmm. at all. Like you can keep saying right? It. I'm
0: not even thinking and about you. And I've sold
1: you. more <laughs> records than you. So I don't think we're on the same track. No, I do real.
2: enjoy, I do like him. We were talking about this before we started recording. I like him as a person and I like him his persona I I just love all of all those facets about him and what he stands for and it's also nice to see like a queer person like a person that is actually
0: queer (laughs) like Uh (laughs) being able to like celebrate and show uh, his perspective of queerness I do want people to know that 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 queerness is not a monolith (laughs) and there is a variety of queerness. What little Nas X is presenting is not the only visual of what queerness is, but I appreciate him embracing his queerness and, sh- and sharing that. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Do you know who should have been a-, a consultant on this video? Talk to us. And some, if you uh, disagree with me, you can fight me. Oh. FKA Twigs. Well, okay, mm. wait. Did you
1: see that there's like, controversy about that because they said that he he lifted a lot of shit from one of her videos uh
2: yeah the the angel part like right before he starts going down the pole Mm -hmm. that was very her
1: yeah she definitely should have been a consultant and also i want to give her a shout out because she just did a whole profile in i'm forgetting what outlet it was for, but she was talking about sexual assault and standing up for herself and her new music, and I just want to give oh. her a huge shout-out in mm-hmm. that we love you and thank you for sharing your story. You're a strong woman, and you're beautiful. I saw you at Post Malone's house and I wanted to say something, but I'm too scared, and you're gorgeous, and I love you. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I love FKA <laughs> Twigs. It took me a second to get into FK Twigs. Um, yeah. I, actually, no, that's not true. I liked her first release which has mm-hmm. pacify me on it i think
2: mm-hmm. oh, and
0: water me and water oh, me, yeah. yeah yeah pacify yeah. me and water me is really good um i didn't listen to her most recent album i liked cellophane but it, it was one of those songs i like liked when i watched the visuals mm-hmm. but it mm. wasn't something that i wanted to like go back to and listen to on my own yeah um, yeah yeah I actually love. She has a song with Future. Oh, she's on Elle yeah. magazine. That's mm-hmm. right. She has a song with Future called "Holy Terrain."
1: Yes, which is off the that's magazine. So good. That song is
0: banger, amazing, oh and that video is so good. Honestly, like yeah, it's a beautiful like FK Twigs has been making really beautiful videos. Little Nas X is really making interesting mm-hmm. videos, and and you write actually like. It harkens so back to that time when, like, Missy was making the coolest fucking videos in the entire world. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. shout out
0: to Missy for just laying the foundation for so many artists. Like, Missy, Busta Rhymes was making, like, crazy ass videos.
2: Yeah.
1: Hype Williams, the days of Hype Williams. I just want to say, too, like, I hope Mm. that artists get back to making the videos because I am a very visual person where like, I have a thought in my head when I listen to a song of like what I think the video would look like. And I love to see other people's interpretations of them. And I think that we've gotten so lazy in terms of like, for the industry in terms of like making videos and stuff. And I just wish that we would get back to that. Rappers, we don't need to see you in front of a Bentley with money, not doing anything. I've seen it 18 million times. I got it. Like I understand it. Rihanna shot a whole video by herself for "Pour It Up," and she looked amazing.
0: She looked amazing. You don't have to wear a red wig and thigh high boots <laughs> if you don't want to. Like, yeah. if if, uh, if Lil Dicky or Trippy Red don't want to wear thigh high boots, I support. <laughs> but- but give us something different, you know. I agree.
2: Please. I
0: say that as someone who's never watched a Trippy Red video. But I, actually, uh, let me take that back. Little Dickie has some really cool ass videos yeah. <laughs> that aren't like also, that. Also, yeah. I
1: I will say I'm a Trippy Red fan. Um, and if you do nothing else today, please go to YouTube and type in Trap Symphony Trippy Red. And he has yes. one of the best mm. covers of his own song called Wish. And it's so beautiful because it's with a live orchestra. This man is smoking a blunt while singing with all of these white people in this <laughs> orchestra. But it's so good. And then also Hulu. It is amazing. And also Hulu cut the check because I don't know who cleared our video footage of Trippy Red um, from my tour. That was Oops. on um, your program. But I would like to see some residuals. Thank you so much.
0: Please, you can send them straight to to Casey, please. Thank Thank you, you. (laughs) thank you, management. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You should check out that trippy red orchestra. I have never listened to a trippy red prior to Casey being like, "Hey, I know you don't listen to trippy red, but I really want you to watch this YouTube video because it's so good." And I watched it, and I was like, "Yo, okay, (laughs) this is fire." (laughs) So yeah, you should definitely watch that video. Um, But yeah, shout out to Lil Nas X Do your thing Uh, I'm happy that he's I'm just happy he's continuing to do his thing And like I said, it's good to see like an actual Like queer Person who identifies as queer Like out there just Being proud And doing their thing And to the people out there talking about Lil Nas X is for little kids Like just because they made A kid-friendly version of Old Town Road does not there's, there's people that are like trying to shit on Lil Nas X right now being like I can't believe he would do something like this his fan base is little kids it's like I mean he had old town had a clean version of it and kids loved it and it's a fun little kid song but that doesn't mean all his music is for little kids I mean this ain't fucking kids wow. box. like
2: <laughs> let's, run, let's run down the list of people who have been on Sesame Street and see what their work's uh, like. Thank Hello. you. <laughs> it's a long Mind list. I do. I was, <laughs> it's a I long was watching
1: Friday and listening to Lil Kim when I was like six. I think your kids are going to be okay. <laughs> 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 let's, let's keep it a bye.
2: They'll
0: be yeah. fine.
2: Oh my God. And
0: also, look, at the end of the day, it is not these artists' jobs to be raising yo Children. Perks. that's it. <laughs> like, if you <laughs> have an issue with it, sit down and talk to your kids. Ask them, hey, what is it about this that you like? And start having uncomfortable conversations with your kids instead of depending upon Cardi B or Nicki Minaj or Little Nas X or Beyonce, like all these people to raise your children, then ain't they job? No. Their job they're is not to they're be parents. They're literally not your parents.
1: Yes. And I,
2: <laughs> parent your own child. I
1: literally actually stopped dating a man because of this very conversation. Because he could not get into the actual mindset that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion were not going to be raising our, if we were to be together in a relationship, child. Um, Wait, yeah, what? he literally was just like, I can't believe that you would like let our child watch this. Mind you, I... I not pregnant, never been pregnant, this was just talking about the future. Um, (laughs) And I was like, well, I can't help it. I was like, I'm not gonna be playing the song for them and just like letting them do whatever. If they go to school and they see it, first of all, like kids nowadays know how to download fucking apps at three years old, so they're probably gonna know how to get on YouTube and watch a fucking video. How is that my fault? Or how is that their fault? And he's just like, I just don't know why you would want them to idolize them. I was like, I would want them to idolize any woman who is amazing at her craft has been awarded for being great at her craft is making a ton of money who is also saying hey you can go to college and also be a rapper Megan The Stallion you can also break rap- records as a woman in a male uh, dominated mm-hmm. industry Cardi B and also you can suck dick if you fucking want to and she doesn't need to know that until she's <laughs> older you know what I mean but I mean still like no but that's real yeah, like why would I not want?
2: also those babies in the womb are listening to what their parents are listening she, to. Yes, this they room. Room. And if you're having sex while you're pregnant, guess what? <laughs> I
1: bump bump bump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Listen. I Listen. I'm getting I'm getting the baby buds. Listen, Linda. I'm getting the baby buds like when I do decide to have a child. And those are the speakers that you can put on your belly so the um kid can hear them and yeah. I'm playing whatever i so choose i don't care this is my body we're gonna to listen to what i want to so if i want to listen to juvenile guess what we're listening to kid
2: juvenile
0: juvenile, juvenile. and you're
1: gonna come off the womb no, knowing that, that ass up and that's fine
0: <laughs> and i support that yeah. <laughs> no for real i think it's just at the end of the day it's like and look like all three of us are not parents so in any way in, in not in any way are we trying to tell you how you should parent or how you should, like, what your opinion should be. But I we do think it's important for y'all to understand, like, you are the parent, <laughs> and these artists are not your kids' parents. <laughs> and, like, artists are going to express themselves the way that they, ex- they want to express themselves, and then you have the opportunity to talk to your kids and have uncomfortable conversations and talk to them about, maybe some things you're uncomfortable with in the video. Like, I think it's better for you to just be like, oh, hey, like I'm uncomfortable with this because of this. Let's have a conversation about it, you know? Instead of being like, fuck you, fuck Megan. Megan, let me tweet at you and tell you, you shouldn't be showing your butt on TV because my two-year-old child. Well, don't watch the Grammys. Your kid don't have to watch the Grammys. Right watch something else <laughs> watch the grammys when you when you're in your bedroom at night
1: Right. <laughs> like. i was gonna say i um i actually had this argument too in like eighth grade i had to write a paper about how rap music isn't necessarily toxic and i had to provide examples of tupac where it's like people can also be two-dimensional mm-hmm. where it's like there can be a good side and there can be a bad side and also a lot of sex music sells but that doesn't necessarily mean that this person's a bad person but also that's not who my parent is so, I can take what, their mm-hmm. career with a grain of salt. Yes, I love Dear Mama, but I also love Hit 'em Up because it's one of the best diss songs ever in the history of time.
0: <laughs> Listen. So, that's all. That was a great one.
2: I'll try to wrap this up quickly because I know y'all need to go pee. Not you guys, oh. but like, you know. The people listening. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Did we I care about do your I bladders you. here.
0: I was like, "Yeah, me." I was nope. like, "Do I have to be?"
2: <laughs> no, no UTIs. No. Um, well, I don't remember what I was gonna say, so I think that's a great time to wrap that up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh my God.
0: Well, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back. <laughs> Go be. <pee>.
2: Bye. <laughs> Hi, it's me again. <laughs> I'm going to start over. <laughs> oh gosh. That was super okay. cute. Knock knock. It's me again. You guys, I hope you had a nice pee break. We did. Um we said we weren't going to, but we ended up going. <laughs> But I just wanted to tell you guys really quick, this week we are drinking Black Girl Magic Red Blend. And I really like it. So a little bit of the story behind this this um, winery um, about these women. They are really all about building community and investing in Black women-owned businesses. And I just think we need so much more of that. Um, So that's part of the reason why I chose it. But also, this is pretty good. It's on the label. It says it's full bodied, but I think it's more like of a medium bodied wine. And it has a lot of like sweeter notes. Um, I'm kind of getting a little bit of vanilla, Mm -hmm. um, a little fruit. But what do you think? I definitely get
0: some vanilla and some fruit too. It's it's really easy to drink. Um, I'm always a fan of like a blend i love red blends i think they're like the easiest to drink of reds um it's it's super delicious and i love that too i Mm -hmm. love that they are all about building communities and really supporting specifically black uh black communities and women-owned businesses it's 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 a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing
1: i saw that there was cherry actually within the wine as well and now that i'm like kind of like tasting it a little bit. I do taste a little cherry, which I love. And as a black woman myself, this just makes me so happy. So seen. I love our community. And I love what they're doing with this. And it's just so cool that you can go to Target. And in the wine section, it says black girl magic, as opposed to us being in the ethnic section in Mm. terms of hair care, but we don't have to go there. You better speak. Um, You better speak.
2: um, Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love their mission. um, And I will continue supporting. So please, Give us if you also would like to send us some wine, please. I would love that. And (laughs) shout out to (laughs) y'all. No,
0: definitely. Yeah, shout out. So the owners are Robin and Andrea McBride, and they are sisters. And uh, yeah, so a little bit they said the their personal that their wine Black Girl Magic is a personal ode to their culture and story, and it's inspired by the magic and resilience of Black women. Which should be enjoyed by all. They've been they've been in uh, business since two thousand and five, and their mission is to transform the industry, lead by example, and cultivate community one delicious glass of wine at a time. So cheers to Robin and Andrea McBride for the Black Girl Magic. But yeah, shout out to them. I'm glad they chose. It's really really good. And like Michael said, you can get it at Target. Um, at some Targets, it's not. <laughs> there's no there's no alcohol section at the target by me but (laughs) but you can get it at target or you could actually just get it at uh at mcbridesisters.com as michael said earlier we are going to be doing julian baker's most recent album which came out in 2021 and uh michael
2: if you want to give us a little bit of information about
0: this album
2: you guys julian baker she First of all, she's 25 years old. I wish I was 25 years old. Mm, That was my favorite year. That was my favorite year. 25 was good. And 25 for her is very good because she released this amazing project. Um, She's from the suburbs of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, She grew up in a very Christian um, household and community. And what's amazing is... She came out to her parents, and she found that they were radically accepting of her. And that's amazing.
1: That's awesome. And Mm
2: -hmm. I read this quote that I want to read to you guys um, about her and just about um, sort of like what people generally think about the South. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. She says, I had a hot pink Mohawk in high school, and when I came out, everyone was like, we don't care. I hope we can dismantle the idea that the entire South is sitting on our porches spitting tobacco and hating gay people. Metropolitan areas are generally more diverse. Maybe it would have been a different story if I had grown up in my grandparents' dinky little town, Smithville, Tennessee. It might have been a lot harder to find community of people that I felt were supportive because I had access to Smith7, a label and substance-free DIY space in Memphis and the DIY punk scene and had the option to come out in a non-traditional church. All these things happened to show me that sexuality is not one-sided and neither is religion and neither is the path to reconciling those things. That's powerful. And one of the things that I really loved that I read about her is that as a kid, she would listen to VH1 only. And one time she heard or saw Green Day on TV (laughs) and that that inspired her to like expand her musical horizons. And I just really relate with that because we have such a wide, diverse, eclectic love of different styles of music. When you bring up
0: Green Day and watching VH1 videos all day, and just like the eclectic Activism of this group. <laughs> it definitely... <laughs> eclectic activism. But <laughs> the eclectic listening of this group, like, I definitely identify. I mean, like, when you said Green Day, it made me think about, you know, growing up. I loved Weezer. Like, Weezer was one of my first favorite bands and, mm-hmm. like, Incubus and... Um, I don't know if any of y'all know who this is, but, like, Switchfoot and Cartel. Oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> right? Yo, Cartel is... Fire and uh, All-American Rejects, like early All-American Rejects. Yeah. Like, I loved all that kind of music growing up. And, you know, it is really beautiful that we all have this different, like, these different influences of music. Um, And you can definitely hear it on Julian's um, album as well. And also just wanted to take a second to say the name of the album. It's Little Oblivion's. I think also connecting with Julian, it makes me think about me growing up being Christian and being queer and kind of wrestling with that identity. And it's really beautiful to hear about this experience of, you know, radical exception in her family and the community that she grew up in, really kind of taking her as she is and really loving her regardless of, you know, where she stood. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't even say regardless because I hate when people say regardless. So loving her and appreciating her queerness and who she is as an individual.
1: But she was saying that she's like kind of a socialist Christian now where like she kind of picks and chooses what she wants out of religion um, and has her own interpretation of it. And I can see how, especially with your sexuality Mm -hmm. and like dealing with substance abuse, how that can kind of hinder your relationship, I guess, with religion and God and spirituality and everything like that.
0: You can hear that in her songwriting too, you know. It's one of the, one of the, I feel like I always say this, but I'm just like a real stickler for lyrics. And the uh, one thing that I really enjoy about doing this podcast is for each release, it's so exciting to like sit down and read the lyrics of these songs. Mm-hmm. And you can hear that internal struggle of her dealing with, yeah. you know, relationships and her relationship to her addiction mm-hmm. and the impact that her yeah. addiction has on those relationships, whether they're like friendships, whether they're romantic, whether they're family. Um, and it's really beautiful to, to see her, like to hear her vulnerability and her honesty through her lyricism. She is hands down like a storyteller. Yes, like, yeah. The way she writes her lyrics I, re- I feel like I'm sitting at a table with her and she is just telling me her story in this really beautiful and impactful way. So it's really nice, like you said, Casey, to hear that she's gotten to a place where, you know, she's kind of feeling a lot better about her religion, um, connected to her sexuality and how that ties in with her addiction. But it's also really beautiful to hear the other side, too, of her, like, honesty and really openness on this on this album, Little Oblivions, Mm -hmm. about like, because she said that she wrote this. She said that she started writing this album because she had been sober for a really long time and then she slipped up in 2019. So this whole album is about her dealing with those feelings and those emotions and the ramifications of
2: slipping up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she said she recorded this after she returned to school, so I can't even imagine that's great between.
2: Yeah, I agree. One of the things that I picked up from her, and just listening to her lyrics, is that this woman is super smart and like very observant, and very. I don't. I don't. I just don't know. The lyrics are just so smart, and that was one of the things, yeah. case that you said. I thought it was so cool that she she stopped touring to go back to college. And she said she loved it. Like, it was a place where no one really knew who she was. So it didn't have anything to involve with, like, her ego. And she just, like, really dove in and submersed herself into her studies. And she said she would just chill at the library. And I just think that's so cool. And you can really tell that she does, a like... She has this perspective of herself that is you're having an out of body experience and you're watching yourself do all this shit and you can analyze what you're doing and know why you're doing it. But then you also are at the same time having the exact experience of what you're doing in your body. And I think the dynamic between those two contrasting views, it sets the stage for amazing stories. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and I think too I think also even what Vincent said I felt kind of intrusive listening to some songs because of how personal Mm. they were and it really did feel like a personal journal you know what it felt like cuz we were also talking about Harry Potter recently remember how you could go back (laughs) into people's like yeah um, in like a memory that they had that's what it felt like some of these songs like you were on the outside looking in um, and also this album had such like a crazy impact on me because after reading about her, and also she wants to become a teacher someday, which is very interesting. Yeah,
0: I saw and she loves be like a professor, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, and she was saying that she's contributed to essays, literary magazines, um, and she discusses philosophy, history, theology, and everything like on a daily basis and just loves school. But it was crazy because there's someone in my family who has this exact same story of them having an addiction issue and then one day, kind of just getting it together, and now they're a scholar, they're a professor, they're honestly the smartest person I've ever met in my life. So it was interesting because mm. I kind of felt like, okay, does this person struggle with this sometimes? I mean, now mm. I don't think it's as intense, but it was, it was very, uh, yeah. I was like it's super set into reality for
0: me. Yeah, no, I think that that was one of the beautiful things too. Going back to the lyricism, as weird as it sounds, like I I hear that there is a sense of hope. Mm -hmm. of trying to get to the other side but there's also a very raw honesty of I am fucking struggling
1: Mm -hmm.
0: for example you know in the song heat wave like one of the lyrics that really stood out to me was I was a long I was on a long spiral down before I made it to the ground I'll wrap Orion's belt around my neck and kick the chair out on a long spiral down before I make it to the ground That is as dark as that sounds I think the thing that was beautiful about hearing that and reading that lyric is so many people have been at that place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you feel like giving up like you feel like I don't know what I'm doing <clears throat> anymore um, and it's not just with addiction you know <clears throat> she one of the quotes that stood out to me from her too she says I write a lot about alcoholism heartbreak And reevaluating your ego these are all things that people do every damn day and fight through it for their lives and like this those lyrics in particular really were just this raw honesty of i'm struggling but i'm also fighting for my life Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and there's like a little bit a very small sense of hope between me wrapping Orion's belt around my neck and kicking the chair out from under me. Yes, yeah. Just such, it's really beautiful, experiencing both ends of like, understanding that now she has these hopes of becoming a professor or just being, she's also talked about how she would love to just be like a session musician and help other artists be able to explore their artistry. Mm -hmm but then there's also this part of her, I mean that struggles to really understand how to move forward, how to not be addicted to this thing that I'm addicted to mm-hmm. anymore.
2: And you don't even have to be addicted to drugs or like have a substance mm-hmm. abuse problem to sort of feel these same emotions and one thing that we were talking before we started recording is I I had brought up in her first track on um, Hardline, she says telling my own fortune something I cannot escape just the pure like despair that you feel watching yourself do something that you know is not good but you can't help it and it's just like watching a train wreck that is very challenging and I know This speaks particularly loudly to me because I recently had a conversation with a friend who was telling me he was going through this exact same thing. But on the other side of the spectrum, and Vincent, you just mentioned it, is the hope. And in Ringside, she says, she's pretty much talking about how you're you can treat life or like a new day as a scratch off ticket or like a lottery ticket and the hope mm-hmm. that we have to win the lottery or change our lives for bet for the better but also knowing deep down inside like yeah i'm probably not gonna win like what are the odds mm-hmm. that's very powerful and i think it we all feel those types of emotions
1: Yeah, Yeah. the most powerful thing to me that stood out was she said, so you could either watch me drown or try to save me while Mm. I drag you down. And I think a lot of people Mm. that go through OCD, anxiety, depression, which she does feel like a burden for asking for help. Um, And it's sad because these are the things that run through your mind. And she actually said that she wrote this song because she has um, anxiety and OCD and she has a tick. Where she punches Mm. herself, and she was like, and sometimes I've done it on stage, and I thought that that was super powerful Mm. too, because a lot of these artists are still working through a lot of things, but aren't as open about it. And she was like, "No, I want to write a song about something that still affects me to this day that I'm trying to work through, so you can understand where I'm coming from, just in case that also happens to pop up at a show." Yeah. So I just love that human side of the experience too, of just. I mean, we don't even know if she really wanted to be famous. I mean, she was in that band with Phoebe Bridgers um, and someone else and they blew up pretty quickly. So I think that this also was just such a new experience for her where she's like, I just didn't know what to expect. And I have so many other things going on beneath the surface that I need to work out. And I feel like I'm drowning a little bit because I don't have the time really to do so now that I'm this amount of famous.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that's the thing that also makes the album really beautiful is that it's a dark album, but Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful album because like you touched on Casey, there is such an honesty of like, I don't have it together. (laughs) And like, I don't even know if I'm trying to get it together. The fact that she was able to sit down and also shout out to her because she wrote every single one of these songs, every single mm-hmm. one, like songwriter credit Julian Baker. Like, period. like that that's is it. it, period. That's, that's <laughs> and it's tweet. so beautiful. She's being so honest and so vulnerable and so open. And I think a lot of times like people are very scared to explore these types of feelings mm-hmm. um, and also not everyone relates to them in the context of addiction yeah as in like drug addiction or alcoholism um so i can only imagine how scary that feels too because that's the experience that you're writing it through that, that's the experience that she's writing these songs through but i think with the vulnerability and the honesty it creates this opportunity for us to really understand and you know she also talks about in this interview Um, And this specific interview that I'm referring to is an interview from Spin Magazine. I think it was Mm -hmm. in 2020, Mm -hmm. where she talks about how she struggles with talking about these things because she doesn't want to romanticize addiction. Um, But she does want to normalize the understanding of the struggle Mm -hmm. with addiction To hopefully help someone else that's struggling with addiction, like, get through
2: it. That's such a great point. I love that. Because I had my aha moment <laughs> in in Song in E, and mm. I realized Ooh. that when you are in the type of situation that she's experiencing you want somebody to hurt you and say nasty shit to you because you don't want to have to say it to yourself or do those things to Mm -hmm. yourself. And I don't think I ever realized the mindset behind that and the psychology behind that because, yeah, of course, like we see, it's easy to see like people, you know, I don't want to say ruining their lives, but just not making the best decisions. And you ask yourself, like, why is that person doing that? And from an outside perspective, it's easy to say, like, oh, like, I would never do that. But you don't know what you would do until you're in that situation. And that really shed a lot of light in that arena for me. Yeah.
1: I think also what I've realized a common theme was what this album is. When you're going through, I mean, addiction, OCD, like everything that she was talking about, it's so easy to project how you're feeling onto other people Mm -hmm. and self-sabotage. Like, I mean, I do this to my mom all the time when I'm having an anxiety attack, I lash out, but it's like, it's not her, it's me going through my own emotions and I feel like if I just lash out at her and push her as far away as I can, then I don't have to feel like a burden of her coming back and helping Mm. me. And I think that that's what she was talking about with a lot of relationships too. I'm just gonna hurt you because I know that I'm bad for you when that's not the reality of the situation. You're trying to push them away so that you don't feel like you're dragging that person down with you when you're actually not. They're just trying to help you. Wow. Um, and yeah. that's kind of what yeah. I got no, from no, Songs great. and E. And then there's three quotes I actually want to read. She had said that the album is about the substances we use, the escapist mentalities we have, the negative coping mechanisms. These are all ways we create tiny little oblivions in our head because reality is difficult and painful. Mm. Mm. Then there were two quotes on Genius that I read that were just from like comments from users. And somebody said, I feel like I should make a preemptive call with my therapist. And someone else said, time to lay face down in the carpet. And to both of those people, I say same. And I would like to go. Same. (laughs) I feel you.
0: Yeah, this is definitely like a I'm laying on the floor uh, in either like deep thought or on the verge of crying (laughs) type of album. Um, Before we move on, I wanted to take a second to read the lyrics from Song and E!, because I do think that the lyrics are really, really beautiful, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to miss that opportunity to share those lyrics. So the lyrics are, I wish that I drank because of you and not only because of me. Then I could blame something painful enough not to make me look any more weak. When you heard my name, you could be angry and have a good reason to be. Then when I say a horrible drunken parade of my worst thoughts, I say, give me no sympathy. It's the mercy I can't take. I wish you'd come over, not to stay. Just to tell me that I was your biggest mistake to my face. And then leave me alone in in an empty apartment, face down in the carpet. I'd wish you'd hurt me. It's the mercy I can't take. Mm. That lyric, it's the mercy I can't take. (laughs) Damn. The vulnerability and the openness of that feeling and also to recognize, I think one of the hardest feelings that we as people deal with, and a lot of this is as a result of like what society teaches us, is the feeling of potentially looking weak. Oh, Jesus. And the fact that the, in these lyrics, there is this recognition of like, I just don't want to look weak. And I want to be able to blame you because I recognize that I'm weak at this moment.
2: Oh my God. Mm-hmm.
0: And like, just to play just the play on those lyrics and just the play on that idea of like, you're secretly acknowledging that you're weak, but you're trying to avoid, are you know that you're weak, but you're trying to avoid the fact that you're weak and put it on someone else, put it on someone else is for me is a beautiful lesson because I think, acknowledging that you're weak is a beautiful thing because then it can push you to, like Casey kind of mentioned earlier, like allowing yourself to ask for help, allowing yourself to, you know, seek like some type of reprieve. But in the context of this album, it's just interesting. As someone who hasn't dealt with addiction, it's, it's, it was a great experience for me to be a part, be inside of the head of Julian Baker as someone who has dealt with addiction mm-hmm. and understand uh, try to understand the struggle that comes from trying to get better, but mm-hmm. being so tied down by your um, the thing that you're addicted to. And just that internal struggle that it creates. And I think Song and E was like such a great summary of that feeling. Yep. Wow. So
1: good. I think I do want to say, though, I just love highlight reel. And just I, I said this to you guys before, but I think the statement I she had said in, in explaining the song, um, I can watch it on an endless loop and I can torture myself that way. And we all do this. We all beat ourselves up um and we replay things in our head over and over and over again when we really shouldn't and i think that that was just such a testament to and a reminder to me that i need to let things go um and i can replay it in my head all day if i want to but it's just like what good is that gonna do and it just like gave me a little bit of even just security knowing that someone this famous and someone this talented feels the same way um, yeah. And then also, too, the follow up is in the chorus, she says, When I die, you can tell me how much of a lie it is. And it's like, because mm. we know it wasn't like we're just playing this on a loop, and it's like, Yeah, it might have happened, but like, how many bad things are you going to tell yourself or mm-hmm. tell to yourself? And how much are you making up about it?
2: Yeah, that's do you, you guys, do you feel like you're in therapy right now? Because I feel like I'm in therapy right now. <laughs> I feel like I Seriously. can cry right now, honestly. Seriously. And I'm not a crier. A couple of things I wanted to bring up were Euphoria and BoJack Horseman.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. And I just watched <laughs>
2: I just felt like this could have been the theme, not just song, but album to BoJack. And if you guys haven't seen BoJack Horseman, you guys should watch it because it's a really amazing story about depression and substance abuse and just living in the day and age in which we are living. And there's a lot of challenges and especially living in, not that I know this experience, but in the show he's living in Hollywood there's a lot of speculation and like people are have their magnifying glass up to him and i think a lot of people just do that to everybody nowadays especially with social media it's like i'm literally watching your every move and i'm reading and listening to what you're saying so you just have to be really careful but one of the songs crying wolf Mm. Let me pull up the lyrics really quick because this reminded me so much of Euphoria and you guys, Mm. those two new specials about Rue and Jules, you have to watch that. It is just, it's it's life-changing and they're just such amazing actresses. Um, But in this song, the first verse, she says, day one, chip on your dresser get loaded at your house. Ask, I ask if you remember. a member. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. That, I think that is just so telling because it speaks to ev- the theme of this entire album and all of the songs are so connected. It's like, I'm going through a hard time and maybe I'm trying to get help just because other people are, trying, are telling me to do that but I don't actually want that for myself right now. And that's a hard, and that also speaks to like these cyclical relationships that she feels with not just like her lovers, but with alcohol and like all of these other demons that she faces.
0: It's interesting that you bring up the point around like not wanting to get help because she also talks about, uh, as you mentioned earlier about her canceling her tour after she um, Mm relapsed. She talked about how and honestly this was this was something that was beautiful for me to hear because I feel like most of the time we hear the opposite the people that were around her yeah were the people like her crew, her team, like her tour managers um all of the people that are involved in her as a as a business and as an artist mm-hmm. they were the people that stepped in and said, "Julian, you need to cancel this tour." Yeah. And to me, that was really beautiful because I feel like we've lost so many artists as a result of the people around them not stopping Mm. and being like, hey, look, like you are really struggling right now and I think you need to stop and recognize that your life and your opportunity to live is more important than all of this stuff. And Julian talks about how she was like, no. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I want to keep touring. I don't want to stop. But they were like, no, you're stopping. Like, we're we're canceling your tour and you need to go home and you need to get healthy. And that was really beautiful for me to hear. And it ties into what you're saying. I am not in a place where I want help, but I also recognize that I do need help.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think what you said, Vincent, too, is so good. I think... Working in music, I've actually seen that, especially on the touring side, where, you know, we've had artists that have been like, I'm burnt out. Like, I'm just burnt out. I can't do it anymore. And that makes me sad in a sense, too, sometimes, because I'm like, well, like, do whatever you need to do. I don't know why you even had to burn yourself out to even come to us and tell us that that was happening. Like, if you don't feel good, please speak up. And this is for everybody, whether it comes to work, school, whatever. If you are. Feeling like you are pushing yourself to your like physical and mental limit. You need to stop, reevaluate what you're doing, and speak to someone and tell them, Hey, this is too much. I need to take a break.
2: The last thing that I want to say for myself is I saw a tweet by my friend Rachel De Vera. Shout out Rachel De Vera. We went to UC Merced together. I saw this this morning and it really spoke to me. She says, normalize feeling okay about changing your opinion so you're not stuck doing something you don't enjoy because you don't want to look like you failed. Mm. And that's on period. Okay, that's all I have to say. Think about that. Food for thought.
1: That's real. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: And I think that's actually a perfect way to sum up this part of the podcast yeah.
2: um,
0: we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back and when we come back we will talk about some of our favorite songs from Little Oblivions by Julian Baker yay <laughs> all right welcome back from the break and as we stated before the break we wanted to take some time to discuss some of our favorite songs and as always ladies first so casey when you want to let us know what well actually no let's take a second to guess what casey's favorite song uh like a rapid fire one so Mike, if you want to guess first wait
2: how many guesses do we get Uh, just one or we can do multiple let's do like
0: let's do two songs that we think Casey are, 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 are in her top
2: okay okay I think the first one is <sighs> oh, sorry <You> <laughs> I really have no idea it's so hard this is a hard game but it's fun I think that Casey's favorite is highlight real and that's I'm only choosing one okay? because I I feel confident about it.
0: (laughs) Okay. I think it is. I agree. Actually, I think it's Highlight Reel and Song and E. Case.
1: So my favorites are Crying Wolf and Song and E.
2: Don't lie. No. Don't lie. It's Highlight Reel. Yes, I
1: got one. (laughs) I'm so sure. Crying Wolf was the one.
0: What do, you, what do you love about those two songs?
1: So Crying Wolf just, it took me back, I don't know what I was like thinking, but it took me back to me feeling like a teenager in my little lime green bedroom Aww. in Berkeley and just crying over a boy that I really liked. Um, mm. and, and I remember the emotions that I felt when I thought about it too. Like I just like was feeling super insecure. I was wondering if I was ever gonna get a boyfriend, if anyone, like if the boys that I liked were ever gonna like me, so. Um, it, it just it just took me back there and then um songs in e i mean i already cried to it like twice today <laughs> or song in e sorry but it's just a good song about accountability and you know i love that and like in my personal life right now i think that's very important so i just loved it mm. and i thought it was beautiful and destructive mm. but also i don't know it just it was it's an amazing song but, i yeah.
0: love Beautiful and destructive. That is right. That was a good phrase, Casey. <laughs> That's my life. That's good. No, that made me I had a response <laughs> to that. Yeah, I had a guttural yeah, response always... to that. No, I, I, how about well, you, Mike? Really what quick, I love songs? that
2: song too, Case. Um, Crying Wolf, because mm-hmm. just and this is going to be really quick, just because that analogy she made between like how she was feeling and also the feeling of having everybody like your family and friends leave after the holidays like that's such a lonely feeling and yeah. I thought that was beautifully yeah. written um you want me to tell you my favorites or you guys are gonna guess, guess. guess right? uh, yeah. Yeah. Or...
0: yeah let's guess let's do it okay all right Casey, um, you want to go first or you want me to go sure. first either way
1: you go first
0: <laughs> okay so I think your favorite songs were Crying Wolf and
2: Hardline. Okay, case.
1: I'm gonna go ringside and I might go hardline too. Oh.
2: Um I do love those songs, but <laughs> But we're wrong. My, <laughs> we are I clearly wrong. <laughs>
0: Well, not, I think.
2: <laughs> my favorite one was Relative Fiction. And mm-hmm. I th- think the part that really resonated with me is this lyric. I'm going to read it to you. I'm not going to sing because I can't sing, but I'm going to read it. Talk to me. Because <laughs> if I didn't have a mean bone in my body, I'd find some other way to cause you pain. Oh, mm. wow. Like, I love wow. Mm. I won't bother telling you I'm sorry for something I'm going to do again. Oh. Mm. I just, wow. Powerful, real, Shit. all of the above. Thank you, Julian Baker, for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That was, Damn. Anyway. Yeah, that one hit. Yeah. <laughs> let's just take a
2: moment of silence for that. <laughs> That's, uh, That's a yeah. good lyric. Wow. Well, let's. Casey, what do you think about Vincent's favorites? What do you think?
1: I think that Vincent's favorites are. Oh, I'm looking at the track list again. I think. I'm complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but, guess. I think. You know what? Because you said you're complicated. I think it's gonna be <laughs> Favor.
2: Okay. And song and E. Ooh. Wrong, but... I think okay. Song and okay. E or Zip Tie. Ooh, Ziptai. Okay. Ties,
0: so you both are very close. <sighs> zip tie wasn't one of them. Okay. But let okay. me tell you why I'm complicated. <laughs> okay. Because. I kinda broke down my favorite songs in two okay. categories. Lyrically, my favorite songs are Hardline, Heatwave, and Song and E. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: Um and then production wise, my favorite songs are Crying Wolf and Bloodshot. Oh. Cool. Um Song in E gave me like it fulfilled all of my very like nine inch nails, Pete Yorn, Holly Brooke, Big Thief, Phoebe Bridges, Karen O. Oh, wow. like, Apple Fantasies.
1: <laughs> Damn.
2: The hyphens.
0: <laughs>
1: and,
0: <laughs> all these hyphens, yes. And um yeah. I think I said favor. Yeah. Well, maybe I didn't, but one of my favorite lyrics from "Favor" is "How long do I have until I spit up everyone's Ooh. goodwill?" Oh, like
1: that was like, I, I'm that <laughs> friend. Such a good lyric.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's that Virgo. <laughs> okay.
0: But no, it's such a good and and then production wise, like for "Crying Wolf" and "Bloodshot," the thing that I really loved about "Crying Wolf" is I loved mm-hmm. her vocal performance and I loved yeah. the melody. And production-wise, like, I love how intimate her vocals are, how close she is in the microphone. And I think that um, Crying Wolf is a great representation of having production really allow the vocalist and the story to lead Mm. the track. And then for Bloodshot, production-wise, I think just the softness of the track up to 247, which is where those triplet drums come in. Damn. And also, there's, like, this... Technological guitar Mm. synth sound and the simple piano that just repeats and gets like stuck in your subconscious Mm. and it just kind of like drags you further down. Um, and uh, in total, like, let me tell you guys what my fantasy is about this about Julian Baker. I want to hear Julian Baker, Emily King, oh my god, and Pink sing harmonies together. Wow. I know Pink seems left, but Pink has one of the most beautiful voices, and it's raspy. So can you imagine those three singing in these very like dark, like vulnerable, acoustic guitar-driven tones? I feel like I would just the lyrics.
2: Those lyrics (laughs) would be, I can see it. Amazing, that's Grammy Mm.
0: material. Be so amazing. That's Grammy material. Like taking Pink's like pop structure. Yeah, no, but she, I I agree. (laughs) But just taking, like, Pink's songwriting Mm -hmm. structure, because she's very good at songwriting Mm -hmm. and a pop structure, and her voice is amazing, Mm -hmm. and then taking Julian and Emily King's sort of, like, really vulnerable indie artist, like, open book poetry and raspy tone. Yo. Yeah. I would melt, and then give John Mayer a guitar solo. Oh my solo. god!
1: Done. Listen, you know what? <laughs> you already know how I feel about that man. When you say melt, <laughs> yeah. I just Done. picture like when
2: Casper went into the Lazarus the first time, and he ended up like a little um, sunny side up egg. <laughs> <laughs> That was literally the most random reference I've ever pulled out of my ass. <laughs> I love
0: it though. Give me give me all four of those artists and then make Casper yes. the, the Put Casper in the Wait. music video.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay. I love it. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break, real quick, and then we'll be right back. Secret genius. Secret genius. And it's Casey's week. We're excited.
1: it's time Ooh. to play our favorite game Secret oh Genius God, this is hard. before we get into it I don't know it, I actually had a question um, <laughs> this
0: is definitely hard I can give game. you a long what list of who do you guys want don't? to hear oh I want to hear absolutely <laughs>
1: but, <Or> the Mulan <laughs> song.
0: but I'll stick to the question <laughs> um I think it'd be nice <laughs> to have Megan I think Megan as the rapper <laughs> maybe maybe oh Maybe oh Normani? God.
1: Like okay. Normani can
0: kind of take okay. Maya's part. Yeah. Um I'd appreciate them bringing mm-hmm. back Pink. <laughs> Please. Just cause she's she's a fucking amazing singer. Um, Ooh. Hmm. I mean it'd be a good move
2: yeah. for Kelly Rowan. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Yolanda Adams. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my God. How much you, Mikey? I don't know. You guys, I have so many. So part of yeah, my... This is hard. Part of my mind wants to go to, like, a male version. Oh, my God. Which no. Which I would, I would have like Miguel, obviously. Uh, Just... Okay. <laughs> it's not the original Lit. Moulin Rouge. It's, like, a soft boy Moulin Rouge. No, no. I, <laughs> I love
0: those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. I was like, I would like to see Miguel draped in Savage Fenty on a bed, singing Loulin Mm -hmm. Rouge. I'm fine with
2: that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Miguel, Gibeon, Justin Bieber, and I don't want to say Drake, but I'm going (laughs) to say Drake. I'm sorry. Okay. But for women, and this is just super random without like, I mean, we just were sprung with this question, so I have no idea, but I would want to say Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. um, okay. Missy Elliott.
0: Yes, yeah, bring her back.
2: Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Diana yeah. Gordon <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and Chloe and Halle. Yes. Oh, so like, okay, five. Kind girls. of more of like,
1: well, they. Ooh, I feel like they kind on. As you know, yes. it's more of like
2: a soulful like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, An alternative
2: version. I'm into it. What about you, Kiss? Imagine if it was like... Wait, who? Yeah.
0: Sorry. If they got some, like, heavy hitter singers, like... Oh, God. Like Jill Scott, Erica (laughs) Badu. Oh,
2: no, no, no. Lord. That would be amazing. First of all, all the aunties would
1: love that shit. I want to hear the cast
2: of Pussycat Dolls Melody versus Nicole now see that's good
1: (laughs) we're not doing Melody versus Nicole over here okay we're not doing it
2: hold on hold on (laughs) Melody (laughs) Melody Nicole Aubrey O'Day and and Don I am done (laughs) imagine imagine oh shit
1: that that gave me the satisfaction that I needed. <laughs> Thank you. What do
2: you what do you think? Who are your choices? Um
1: So I would do so I would do Megan for Lil Kim. I'd probably do mm. Doja for Pink. Um I know Missy didn't really see Say that yeah. much, but I still consider her like a rapper that got everybody together. Ooh, I think I would replace her with Chica, and I'd want to hear okay. a verse from Chika. Um, I I love her, and then I think for, I mean for vocalist you want to go with somebody strong, and I know that that person would probably, people would say Ariana Grande, but I kind of don't want to <sighs> have her in this. I feel like I'd want to go, someone a little bit stronger. That's someone one. that I. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You know who I'd pick for Maya? Georgia Smith.
0: That's a good idea, actually. I didn't think about that. And
1: then I think for vocalist.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Jasmine.
0: Yes. That's
2: good. Oh, shit. I like Quote me on it. That's good.
1: (laughs) Thank you for coming to KCG's Game Show. All right, so let's get into Secret Genius. All righty, so I have chosen a song off an album that I think I actually would like to review at some point, but today's not that day. It is from. You guys are gonna kill me. The icon star and creator of my favorite seltzer, um, cacti, Mr. Travis <laughs> Jack Scott. Into it. Um. Is his middle name and- Jack? the song is from oh uh, no I just, I just said that because he calls himself cactus jack um and the song is outside off of the iconic album birds yes. in the trap sing mcknight <laughs> and we're gonna go with the first yes all right you guys ready it says automatic yeah always got it on me baby automatic where I'm at is static but it ain't got traffic push up on me them boys make you do a backflip balance on the beam balance on the beam do some shit I've never seen Once you come around with the team you might just win a ring while they home on they home screens <laughs> you this. guys are
2: gonna be mad at me for what I think oh well you you know what you take the floor <laughs> <laughs>
0: First Please of all, elaborate.
2: <laughs> yeah, always got it on me, baby. Automatic, yeah. What do you have on you all the time that's like mm-hmm. got you buzzing? It's automatic, it's doing some shit I've never seen. I don't know why I thought this, but I think that he has like a little vibrator up his booty. <laughs> <laughs> What? I <laughs> like. I have maybe no some.
1: Maybe I'll some. Maybe no some beads that
2: he's just like has in there, and he's just going about his day to day life, and it's obviously some shit you've never seen before, and. <laughs> It's automatic. You got that. You can control the vibration from like a little key fob or like your phone or something. A key fob. Um. Always got it. Always got it on me, baby. It's always there. (gasps) Mm. Hello. So yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is powerful. I'm sorry. That was. that was, that, that was a word. out of pocket and i would like to formally apologize to you guys <laughs> to mr casey and vincent and to our <laughs> to mr jack our Scott. listeners <laughs> i am so sorry i said that but this it's the black girl magic red blend i'm sorry
0: i think that this song i mean honestly as you were reading the lyrics i just you know i closed my eyes I went into a little place you know it made me think about him just being in like Magic City <laughs> just like I always got the racks on me yeah like, and oh. just being like grimy <laughs> with his homies and like secretly just throwing that cash when when the, cl- when the club is like shut down because he's like so popular that they were just like the, the club is closed but they're like nah let's keep it open because Travis Jack Scott is here <laughs> he's just got racks in his pockets all the time and I imagine him like pulling out one of those little like money guns oh yeah and just like shooting and that's what he has on him and it's automatic a supreme <laughs> one uh huh
1: I need that for my birthday. (laughs) What about you, Casey? Yes. I think it's about my Telfar. Okay. You know? Push it on me. I'll make you do a backflip. You don't know what I got in this Telfar, so you back up. Back the fuck up. That's real. But, yeah. You know, some basic. I think also do some shit you've never seen. I mean, how many... I mean, a lot of people have it now, but before it was, like, real exclusive, so... Yeah, and then get with the winning team, huh Yes, hub. yes. Great thank you song, for playing. Great song
0: choice. Uh, sh- shout out to Travis Jack Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Yeah. And as always, we finish each episode with Pick of the Week and then baddie of the Week. And since this week was Hayashi's week, would you let us know who your Pick of the Week is first?
2: I would love to. Thank you. <laughs> My Pick of the Week is... Well, I was going back and forth with this album because I didn't know if I should do this one or choose Julian Baker. But I decided obviously on Julian Baker and my song selection for this week is Giveon, Last Time, featuring Mm. Snow Allegra. I've been listening to this on repeat. Yes. And my baddie of the week is this girl named May Pang She's from Toronto. She is... Just... The coolest girl I could ever... Like, see. She has such an amazing energy. She's bald. She's tatted up. And... I think that she's the perfect... Blend between hard and soft. She's just a hella cool girl. She's gorgeous. And you guys should go follow her she's very positive what's her
0: instagram handle
2: her instagram is microsoft microsoft that's good m-e-i-c-r-o-s-o-f-t microsoft i guess maybe her name is my may my microsoft Ah,
0: microsoft i got it that's good i like that yeah Not. shout out oh, to her as always we'll put this information up on our instagram um if you don't follow us on instagram our instagram is at this is btgu and you can also check out our website which is this is once again thank you guys for listening and we are looking forward to coming back and giving you a new episode next thursday enjoy the rest of the week and peace out. love you Hey guys, we wanted to take a second and let you know that if you're dealing with suicide or addiction, there's help.
2: For confidential free help from public health agencies to find substance use treatment and information, please call 1-800-662-4357.
1: And if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.
0: We at Back That Glass of love you and are here for you and want to remind you that your life
2: is worth fighting for.